I announced through the week that I would be preaching this morning on the name and the word. And I have a message for you today based on that title. I'm going to read one verse of scripture from Isaiah chapter 9. This is verse 6. I'll ask you to stand with me, please, as we read God's word together. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. This is what the prophecy says. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Father, anoint your word today, that it be preached in the authority and power of the Holy Spirit, with the unction that only comes by surrendering to you and to your will. This time today, Lord, is a time given to you to hear your word. I pray that we'll have ears to hear, to receive, and be blessed. And may your word be preached in the power and the authority of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Be seated, please. <clears throat> Hundreds of years before the miraculous birth in Bethlehem, there were statements made that that spectacular event would occur. This prophecy in Isaiah, recorded in the ninth chapter in the sixth verse, is one of those, one of those uh, spoken words declaring the coming of that glorious event and the coming of the Savior. What I emphasize to you this morning is this declares that his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. We know that name. It is a name that is superior, superior to all other names, superior to any names of the stalwart heroes of the Bible, superior to any names given to angels in heaven, superior to any name ever written, ever spoken, ever declared. Though there were some throughout ancient history who spoke their name as being the greatest one that ever had come into the world and required people who were under their dominion to bow down and worship them as though they were God. There were people in the rulers of the empires of the past who made those declarations. The emperors of Rome declared themselves as having the greatest of all names and being God himself. But my friend, I want to tell you that there is only one name that is superior, one name that is above every name, one name that exceeds and excels. All of the glory could be given to any other name. There is one name, one name, and that name is above every name. In fact, about that name, the Apostle Peter, in the last words of the message that he was given to the people in the fourth chapter of the book of Acts, when he was declaring salvation in no other name, said it this way, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind 
by which we must be saved. This is the name through which we are saved for time, for this period, for earth, for heaven, for eternity, forever. It is only through this name that we can be saved. And I tell you that that name is superior, and at the same time, I tell you that that name is simple. It's a name we know well. There is a name I love to hear. I love to sing its worth. It sounds like music to my ear, the sweetest name on earth. It tells me of a Savior's love who died to set me free. It tells me of His precious blood, the sinner's perfect plea. That name, as simple as it is, though some would want to complicate it and some would want to enhance it and some would want to magnify the size and the extent of it, it doesn't need anything other than what the angel spoke to the little virgin Mary when he said what his name would be called and named the babe who would become the savior of the world, named him before he was born to his virgin mother and declared to her, this is what you will name him and gave him the name that means Savior. And we know it. We know it well. We know this name that is above all other names because it is the name that means more to us than any other name that we have ever heard, ever read, or ever had spoken to us. This name, above every name in all of our lives, Jesus, name above all names, beautiful Savior, Glorious Lord, Emmanuel, God is with us, blessed Redeemer, living Word. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. And it doesn't need anything else other than that. That means He is Savior. Jesus is His name. It is the name above every other name. And that is the name which we have declared here, which the apostles have declared, which we have had declared through the centuries, that is the name that's, that, that is given to that one who equal with God considered himself not to require the recognition of equality with God. This is in Philippians chapter 2. And when he surrendered himself even to the death of the cross, then God the Father made a declaration through his men of old who wrote the scriptures and they said what we've declared again and again and what we know to be true, that God has highly exalted him, has lifted up and exalted and honored the name of Jesus, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Hallelujah. That he is now and always will be. Lord, to the glory of God the Father. In the book of Revelation, I jump a long ways. In the book of Revelation, there's a time when Jesus is coming again. There, there's more than one stage of His coming. I don't want to get into prophetic events. I just want to talk about this one time at the end of the marriage supper of the Lamb to which we have been taken in the rapture. And when that ends, the Scripture says that He comes forth riding a white horse. And the rider of this white horse is identified with the first name he's given, is faithful and true. Amen. Written upon him is the word faithful and true. And then it says he has a name in his vesture that is known only to him. 
I don't know what that is, and neither does anyone else. It's never been revealed. It's only going to be revealed in His time. It's only been revealed in His eternity. But I do know this. When that name is revealed, we're going to know that it is this same Jesus. It is this same Jesus who comes in great victory and great power and great triumph and shares His victory with us as we go all the way through the skies and through the heavens into the glory of God with Him when He takes us to be with Him. Amen. Faithful and true, a name only known to Him. And then, on that, that same rider of the white horse, to make sure to clearly identify Him, there is another name written upon His thigh. It says, His name is written King of kings and Lord of lords. It says that he will be wearing many crowns, many diadems. All the empires of all the kingdoms of all the ages will have been surrendered to him. And the crowns of all the empires of the past have been placed upon him because he is victor and triumph over it all. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. Hallelujah. His name, his name is above every name ever given, ever spoken, ever written. His name, the name of Jesus. And yet, I'm going to tell you something extremely important this morning. That name, to which there is no superior name, that name is honored by this statement in Psalms 138, verse 2. When I first read this verse years ago, I had a difficulty with it. It was complex to me. I could not quite grasp it because of all that I've been saying in this message up to now, the superiority of that name. I found it somewhat strange when I first read these words years ago. This is what the word says. I bow down before, toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name and for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. For you exalted above all things your name and your word. This is what the King James says. This is the way I read it the first time. And it's still clearly this. I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. Here's the part. For thou hast magnified thy word above thy name. And when I read that, I thought... I knew how magnificent, how glorious, how eternally superior the name of Jesus is. And I thought, how could anything be above that? And I want to tell you how. I want to tell you how today. The Lord has magnified his word even above his name. This is what the New Living Translation says. I think it's important to hear it all. I praise your name for your unfailing love and faithfulness for your promises are backed by all the honor of your name. The Amplified Version says, you have magnified your word above all your name. His word could be in any way superior to the glory of that name in this way. God's word is backed by all of the integrity of his character. God is worked by all of the honor of his honesty. God is worked by all of the solidity of who he is for eternity. That's why God's word is so important to us. And that's why it's such a vital living part of our lives. God's word is where everything comes for its solution. And I'm going to tell you today, my friends, because God honors his word even above his name. 
God honors His Word. Every question is answered in this Bible. Every question that you have has a solution right here. Every answer that you're looking for is in these words and in these pages. All that you need for your life, how to walk your life, how to live your life, how to serve in your life, what to do in your life. All of that that you need to know is right here in this word. And this is the word in the promises that are given here that God honors, that God will never deny, and God will never back away from anything that he said. And I do not know anything to tell you other than that. Because if you and I were doing it, we would not do it the way God does it. That's why it's so difficult for us to comprehend it sometimes. We wouldn't do it the way God does it. You see, just one thing, just one thing. God says He will save anybody who comes to Him. Anybody. I wouldn't do that and neither would you. I don't have that quite in me yet. hard for me to think that I'd, that I'd show grace towards a child rapist and murderer. I'm just thinking about the worst thing I can think of. But you know something? The Word of God says He will give grace to the worst, to the most despicable, to the lowest. God will save and God will forgive. And that's the power of God. That's the glory of God. That's the grace of God. You say, Pastor, how can it be? It can be because He is God. And God has said that He will. He will save anyone to the uttermost who comes to Him in the name of Jesus. That's God's promise and that's God's word. So, He's exalted His word above His name. And His word is backed up by all of the honor of God. You see, the scripture says that he is a God who cannot lie. Titus chapter 1 verse 2. God who cannot lie is what the scripture says. And then in Hebrews, he says it again, that there are immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie. In the Old Testament, the declaration is made, God is not a man that he should lie. No matter what God has said, he will back it up. And if God did not stand by everything that he has said and revealed and declared in his word, then he could not be an honorable God. That's how his word is exalted above his name, his word. His word, and His word, my dear friend, is true. It is true today as it always has been, and that is never going to change. The grass withers, Isaiah said in chapter 40, verse 8. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. No matter what changes in this world, there's one thing, my friend, that will not change. There's one unchangeable truth undeniable truth, irrefutable truth, irrevocable truth. And it is in this word, and what this word says is what you can stand on and live by and depend on. And when you come up and stand before God and you say, Lord, I'm not worthy, he's going to say, did you come through my word that teaches you to first surrender to Jesus and come through him? And you'll say, well, yes, I did. Well, that's all it takes. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. Everything else will fade away. Everything else will fall and become nothing. But the word of our God will stand forever. The word of our God will stand forever. The promises of our God will never be broken because he is 
not a God who can lie. His integrity for eternity validates every promise that he's made in this word and every promise he's made to his people. One morning several months ago, the early hours of the morning, I, uh, I woke up in sometime in the, middle, in the middle of the night. I don't know when it was. Usually, I get enough clarity of mind before I stand up and try to get up to do anything if I wake up at night because I don't want to be wandering around stumbling and falling. So I, I, I usually get good clear-minded before I get up. But this particular night, I just couldn't. But, I, but for some reason, I had to get up. And I, I, I got up, and, and, you know, I've thought about it so much since then. I'm not sure. I know I wasn't wide awake. And I wondered if I was sleepwalking or what, what it was. I, you know, I don't know what it was. But I know that while I was up, the Lord spoke to me. And he said something that was astonishing to me. And it was, it was important, like something I could never, and, and yet I'm in this state, I'm not sure I'm completely awake. And, I, and I, know, I know that what God is saying to me is fantastic. It, it, it's, it's stupendous. And I, I know I, can't, I, I must not forget it. And I'm thinking, well, what I, I've got to write this down. I've got to write it. I won't remember it in the morning. Have you ever had, that thought, had some wonderful... They answered all the problems of the world at night, and you got in the morning and couldn't remember what they were. So, so I'm thinking, how can I remember this? And so I went and found a, I found a yellow pad that we keep in a drawer in the kitchen, and a pen with it, and, and, I, and I put that pen up on the counter in the kitchen, and I wrote down what God was telling me. And I started back to bed, and on my way back to bed, I remember thinking clearly. I, I wasn't clear in anything else, but I remember thinking this. I won't be able to read that in the morning. I don't even know where I, I don't know where I, hardly where I am. I'm not even sure if I'm sleepwalking or what I'm doing. I won't be able to read that in the morning. Sometimes I write something down when I'm wide awake and five minutes later I can't read it. I, I won't, I'm thinking I won't be able to read it, but I didn't go back to do anything about it. So I, so I lay down and then the next morning when I awoke, very quickly I thought about what happened the night before. And I'm thinking, oh no, God told me something. God told me something so powerful. I remembered it right now, but I can't remember what it was. But I wrote it down, and I'm thinking, ah, it's probably just some scribble. It's some scribble. I, as, 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 as out of it, as zonked out as I was, I won't be able to read that. And so I kind of, kind of doubtful and almost kind of sad that I'd missed something great from God. I started walking over to where I knew I'd written it down, and there was the yellow pad that I'd left there. And... I picked up that yellow pad. It was a whole pad. This is, this is the page that I wrote on that night. This is it right here. This, this morning when I thought about this being the end of my message, I remembered right where this was. I went and got it. That's how important it is to me. And, and I'm going to give you something that God gave me that I thought was the greatest revelation in my, in my semi-sleep or my semi-awake, whichever it was not being fully conscious and not even quite understanding. God was saying something to me and I didn't realize why, but I wrote it down so clear it's better than most of my writing usually is. Had no problem reading it. I picked up this little pad of paper and I stood there and read it. And, and when I started to read, I started to weep. I thought, this, <laughs> this is the fabulous, this is the, fab this is the most fabulous thing God's ever said to me. It, it, and, and the way it happened 
was God saying, this is so important. This is so important. So important. And this is what I wrote. Now get ready. You're going to say this. is When you hear this, when you fall off your pew, <laughs> hold on to the back. This is what I wrote. I wrote God and I underlined it. God will fulfill every promise he has made to you. The simplest thing I've ever heard said it 10,000 times. But God made it real to me in a way that it never had been before. And I want to tell you this morning, the God who honors his word, even above his name, will keep every promise he's ever made to you. Every promise that God has ever spoken in this word, he will validate with his own veracity and truth. He will never deny what he has said. He will never say to you, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it that way. You took it wrong. I want you to know that this word is the word that God honors above his name. And you can stand on this word. This is a foundation for your life. You can stand on it. You can make it your foundation. You can trust it because it will not change. The commandments will not crack. The truth will not fall away. It's here and it's going to last and it's going to last forever. God will fulfill every promise he's ever made to you. Every promise he's ever made. When you came to him for salvation, you didn't deserve it. You should have been kicked on your keister and knocked out of the room away from the altar because you didn't deserve a bit of it. But God said, come on, I'll take you in. And he did in spite of all your sins and all your degradation and all your addictions and all of your impairments, God took you in and made you his child. And I want to tell you in that same way, every promise that God's ever made to you, he's going to keep. What God has told you, my friends, what God has said to you about your family, when God said to you, I'm going to bring them in, and you will have an unbroken circle. I'm going to bring them in. God's going to do what he said he would do. When God told me in July of last year, I'm going to give you a greater victory than I've ever given you before. He was speaking a promise that is true. It hasn't happened yet. Doesn't mean it isn't going to. Doesn't mean it isn't breaking out now. Because if God said it, God meant it, and God will do it. And everything that God has told you, everything that God has told you about your life, about your victory, about your overcoming. God is going to keep his word. God is going to keep his promise. I know right now, sometimes you want to give up on that son or that daughter, maybe even on that brother or that sister. But I want to tell you, my friend, God has said he'll bring them in if you trust them and stand on his word. And I want to tell you, he will, he will, he will, he will, he will. He will, he will, he will. Because God is not a person that he can lie. He is going to keep his word and stand by every promise that he's ever made made it's true it's true it's true hallelujah 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 glory to God glory to God glory to God his word his word his word his word, his word. 
is what you and I can depend on for now, for the future, and forever. Because his promises will not fail. They are yes and amen in Christ. And as surely as Christ is victorious, as surely he is the, as he is the overcomer, as surely as he is the Savior, as surely as he is the triumphant one, this word, guaranteed by his resurrection and Calvary, is going to stand and it's going to stand forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe it, don't you? Amen. I believe it. Hallelujah. Praise God. In the wee hours of the night when I received what I believe was the greatest thing God had ever spoken to me. <laughs> I don't know quite how I felt the next morning when I first read it. But the more I've read it, the more it has meant to me. And this is what it was. I'm going to say it to you one more time as simple as it is. The great, great declaration to me and to you. God will fulfill Every promise he has made to you. Hallelujah. Stand with me in prayer, please. Your heart's in an attitude of prayer. Your mind on the Lord, waiting on him. You know, I, I feel like what I've said this morning is for everybody here at some level, at some point, in some way, for everybody here. And, and so I... If you've been doubting God, please understand it is no disgrace. It is no disgrace if you respond to this. If you've questioned God, if you've wondered, I'll tell you I've had times when I wondered about what the Lord said to me. I've, I've had times in my life when I wondered about a lot of it. Ask God a lot of questions. And if you've been wondering and you want something certain, you want an exclamation point instead of a question mark. I'm going to say to you, this is the time for you just to come to the Lord and say, God, I'm turning everything over to you. I'm putting it in your hands. I will trust you. 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 